Greetings, Father Jonathan. Deacon David, how are you now? Happy Advent. Happy Advent. Here we are. As we record this, we're in our second full day of the Advent season. That's right. How's Advent going for you? <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> yeah, I went for a run today. That was my... Uh, Did you? Yeah, that was my celebration of the Advent season. Uh, I'm going to try and well, get in shape. <laughs> just that one? Just that one run. I think that did it for me. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yesterday we had the first Sunday of Advent. Did you uh, get a chance to preach? I did, um, and I noticed your tweet on the Twitter. Oh, yeah. About feeling not great about it. Yeah, I got to tell you. I felt. You felt that way too? <laughs> yeah. Why? And I th- Well, I think it's just because the readings are so rich. There's so much... And I felt really guilty about not including some things and only focusing on other things. It's right, like, right. So I'm glad you're mentioning that because I I did struggle, as you mentioned. And I think part of the struggle was an inability to, like, focus. Like, there wasn't just yeah. a clear... Like, in previous weeks, we've had, like, the Zacchaeus reading, which is, like, a very clear and vivid thing. Yep. Or, yep. you know, uh, Christ the King, a very clear and vivid thing. With this, it's like... Okay, you have the Advent season, you have the light and the dark, you have the end of the world, you have the birth of Christ, you have all these mm-hmm. wonderful things that are just really Nations difficult. coming together. Yeah, but it's just really hard to like focus on anything. So I was, yeah. similar to you, feeling like I had to pay due to so, a lot of stuff. We have, at the parish that I work, a Advent theme. Okay, what's your theme this year? Make room for hope. So hope is the emphasis? making room for hope so (laughs) yeah so hope hope and that's a good theme i mean hope is kind of the theme of the season right it is but i'm wondering if that if that's gonna be the way to like you know because we did talk about should should we should we be preaching the feast or the readings yeah yeah and i wonder if if during big seasons like this that we in some sense have to preach the season right right yeah and the readings are there to um support what we're doing here in the season right i think that's i think that's right because i i felt in like burnt not uh what i felt indebted to the season while yeah. also feeling like beholden to the readings and i was right. stuck between a rock and a hard place um and i think it came off a little bit in the homily in which is why i felt a little insecure afterwards I mean, I went back and listened to my homily, and I didn't think it was as bad as I remembered, which was good. But <laughs> yeah, anyway, I mean, that was that was yeah. tough. Did you, what did you end up uh, highlighting most? So I went on about um, the gospel, really. That was kind of the emphasis. And using this idea that, and pretty much what we talked about on last week's episode, that this being caught up is, I mean, yeah, okay, we are being, you know, the righteous will be called and etc. cetera. Um, but really looking at the right here and right now, that this is about a call to conversion, hmm. that we are be really called to live, um, to live that new vocation, that to become that new creature through the, through the life-giving waters of baptism. Hmm. And so that if we truly live that and believe that and have that as the focus of our lives, then to those still stuck in sin, it will be as if, we had been taken up and there's just oh, something else there. Yeah. But there's something definitively different when we're saved. That, yep. You know, when we yep. experience the salvation of Christ. I like that. Yeah. Um, 
I focus, and that works with what we talked about with the plowshares and all oh, that yeah. stuff too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's not just about peace. It is that. It is about going from war to peace, but it's also about a complete change of of what was before. Yeah, I like that. And Advent is a good invitation for us to change our lives, like Saint Paul was saying exactly. last week. You know, exactly. Um, for me, what I ended up focusing on ultimately was sort of a general question for Advent for me, which is, you know, who is this child that is born for us? Mm. You know, yeah. what, what is the identity of this child? And so, like, we have the preparation for the birthday of Christ paired with the coming of Christ at the end of time. And I think the reason that's important is because we're just left wondering, okay, as we commemorate who Jesus' birth, we're left wondering, well, who is this child really? Well, he will be the mm-hmm. cause of the rise and fall of many nations. He will be, yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, he will be the one that comes as Messiah at the end of time. You know, he's the one that died on the cross for us, et cetera. So... I focus a lot on the question of what is the identity of this Christ, um, which actually gets into the readings for this upcoming week, too. And mm-hmm. my answer yesterday was he's the new Noah because oh, okay. because that was the the quote at the beginning of yeah. the gospel. And yep. I said, yep. you know, at the end of time, just like now, Jesus, who's a carpenter, is building a boat, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the boat yeah, is like the boat I is like the church, you know, and then the tumultuous waters at the end of time and current in our current life. You know, the question is, are you a, are you in the boat with Christ? Are you in the boat with the new Noah? Um, which is a question of salvation, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I anyway. like that a lot. Um, this week, though, I, I would take the same question. Who is this Jesus that's going to be born for us? What is the identity of him? Yeah. And I would yeah. roll with that for the first reading. Um, I love this reading from Isaiah because I, when I used to teach the Sacrament of Confirmation, I used to teach this reading. Um, because it yeah. gives you the list of the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, which is great for mm-hmm. the sacrament. But what's awesome mm-hmm. is that if you go into the if you go into the scriptures, you know the editors put titles on different sections. They're not in the original manuscripts, but the title of the section where this reading is taken from is the ideal Davidic king. And to me, that's an awesome way to describe what's going on here to describe Jesus. That he's the yeah. ideal Davidic king. So, like last week, I focused on him being the new Noah. This week, I can focus on the prophecy being that he will be the new David. Um, yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. And you know, one of the reasons why I, I agree, I love this reading from Isaiah. Um, you know, we'll often look at Jesus as being the shoot that sprouts from the stump of Jesse. Mm, yeah, in the sort of family tree, you know, kind of a thing. Right. But I think, and I'm considering focusing on, it's not Jesus per se. I mean, it is. Okay, that's. I'm not disagreeing with that. Um, but the shoot that sprouts from the stump is another tree. Okay. The tree that he's nailed to. Huh. Interesting. So it's the cross mm. um, that that truly, in a sense, crowns him the new David. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Um yeah, so the, the, the sprout that comes from the stump of Jesse, the line has not been broken, right? The line continues. Yeah. Um, but the beautiful imagery, and I think this is kind of true across the entirety of the scriptures, is that, you know, the, the tree imagery, the vine imagery just permeates mm-hmm. all of it. And always yep. standing at the very center of it all is the cross. Um, right, right. So that's good. Yeah, but you're right. That connects David, you know, with with Jesus and Jesus with the cross. Um What's cool too, though, and the nativity with yeah, the crucifixion. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That the birth that comes from that stump is tied again to the wood of the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. We're always we're always kind of haunted by the wood of the cross uh, during mm-hmm. this Advent season. I like that. Um, 
Now, I will say one thing that's confusing to me is how how would you relate how would you relate John the Baptist to this first reading? Yeah, well, that's a good question. I mean, I think you're right into pointing out or to asking the question, who is this Jesus? Mm-hmm. Because he he pretty much lays it out. The one who will come will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Mm. Um, he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. Yeah. But the chaff he will burn with an unquenchable fire. That's an awesome like, image. That's <laughs> it's yeah awesome, harsh. Yeah. But awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know I can't help but think okay we've got this I this image of a tr- of another tree, even now the axe lies at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if there's a sense of looking at, um, again, may- maybe, so a couple of things are kind of coming up right now. Are we looking at false false prophets, false kings? Mm-hmm. Like we're looking for that one tree this from that sprouts from the stump of Jesse. Right. And all of these other trees that come up um, that we put in that place are will not bear good fruit because they are not of that line sure well the pharisees and the sadducees are the the persons that john is talking to so right right, right. and we know this brood of vipers they don't bear good fruit um Mm -hmm. you know they should be bringing fruit of salvation to the people but instead they bring a very sour fruit they you know are whitewashed tombs you know that they there's death there's nothing but death uh from this tree um you know, and that's good. You would think that salvation would come from the priestly caste, and it doesn't. It comes from, you know, this nobody family in Nazareth, which... Right. Yeah. Again, from death, from mm-hmm. the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, totally the opposite of what of what people um, expected yeah. the Messiah, who, uh, who the, they expected the Messiah to be. Right. Yeah. This um, this question is lingering still, you know, like, who who is this Christ? And I'm really yeah. glad that you... You mentioned the prophecy of John the Baptist or John's preaching here because I had a temptation to, which I think a lot of preachers will do during Advent. They will take every Sunday as sort of like the the figure for this week is John the Baptist or the figure for this week is yeah. Mary. And it's like, that's good, but the figure is always Jesus. So it's, Yeah, exactly. And so preci- well, and we get that wonderful line, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's kind of a call f- for all of us during the Advent season, is to prepare the way of the Lord. Yes, exactly. Uh, so who is it, Who is this Jesus that will be born to us? Well, he's the he's the true David. He's the true King of Israel. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the way. He's the Lord whose way is prepared. You know, he is the the tree of life. But ultimately, if we focus on John the Baptist in this gospel, we can only focus on John as a finger pointing to Jesus. And right. and the purpose of John the Baptist here is to remind us, like you're saying, is that we too are called to preach in the desert. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at right. hand. Right. Um, we should listen to that. You know, we should repent this Advent so we can better proclaim. But we should also proclaim so that the yeah. world can be converted to Christ. You know, and one of the things... So, okay. I really like St. Paul. Mm-hmm. A lot of people give him grief or whatever. Uh, he's always so pragmatic. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I love, and th- in this reading, especially from Romans, from chapter 15, uh, whatever was written previously was written for our instruction, that by endurance and by the encouragement of the scriptures, we may we might have hope. What a great line. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
So the question is, I mean, a good one that you're raising, like, who is this Jesus? You know, what is this call that we've been invited to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm kind of more interested, more interested in how, <laughs> like, how do we follow this call? How do we prepare the way of the Lord? Mm-hmm. And St. Paul here, I think, is telling us, well, you've been told, you know, we've got Abraham, we've got Moses, we've got the law. We've got Jesus. Yeah. Trust in that. Like, listen. Right. Do it. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah. That reminds me of the uh, the Lazarus story, right? The Lazarus in the bosom of Abraham. You know, that you, exactly. you have exactly. the prophets with you. Um, that's true. You know, and what's, what's great is that there's the injunction here of St. Paul, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. So, you know, imitating Christ there. Um, still, Christ is the focus, but Christ teaches us how to behave, you know, as is taught to us in the scriptures that we may have hope is that as Christ has welcomed you, welcome one another, follow the example of Christ. Um, I like that. And I think one of the things that I, I taught my kids when I taught them confirmation that I really liked was when they received the gifts of the Holy spirit, these gifts in the book of Isaiah under the title of the ideal Davidic King, what they're describing for us are the characteristics of the ideal Davidic King. These are descriptions of who Jesus is. Jesus is yeah. wise and understanding. He's full of counsel and strength. He's got knowledge and fear of the Lord, you know, and, you know, not by appearance shall he judge. So those give us the criterion that St. Paul is describing that we learn from the scriptures that we should live by. You know, we should live by the charism of the Holy Spirit and be upright in understanding and strength and knowledge, just as Jesus was. Because when we're confirmed, when we're baptized and confirmed, we are made more into his image into the image of him who is the true king of Israel. Yeah. You know, and so we should act that way. We should be little Christs in the world. Right. Right. Well, and again, how did we start this whole thing off with the feast of Christ the king? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we are to follow the image of our ruler. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So let's take a step back for a second. So we've described a lot of different things, and I wonder if we're going to fall into the same trap we did last week, which is... Probably. <laughs> yeah. Which is having too many things to discuss that we then start losing focus of what what grounds mm-hmm. our homily this week. Because yeah, last week yeah, I had yeah, a hard time was... grounding it. What, what would it be this week? Right. You know, I do... So I do like this line from St. Paul. Um, endurance. Endurance especially. I think that's a really... Interesting way of putting this. Mm-hmm. And he, he mentions that a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to think in harmony with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's not, you know, I think a lot of people, myself included, want this to be like a magic word or a, you know, you know, boom, you're changed. Now you're perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's not. That's looking at the that. short game. <laughs> I really want yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but that's looking at the short game. Like we're not looking at how how we're running the race. Right. We're trying to plan our, our victory speech before we've actually run the race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I gotta tell you, man. And so we need we need <laughs> that endurance. And that's again we're we've got four weeks to prepare the way of the Lord. Right. And so I wonder if and looking at that hope, so I don't want to lose that hope either. Right. Um, so, okay, so I'm going to push back a little bit. I I like that a lot, that endurance, and I think you're right to point to it as a really key Advent theme is endurance. Um, 
and I just got maybe maybe this is one way in which you can help someone like me if I were in your congregation. Like it's hard to remember that like oh man this this grind of carrying my cross is worth it. Yeah. Because I, I I keep forgetting that it's worth it because sometimes I don't taste the sweet victory or mm-hmm. you know like the cross just seems to weigh and it just weighs and weighs and weighs. Yeah. So like to be to be told to just endure can kind of be discouraging. Like I I feel a little discouraged Absolutely. when you say that. You know like well just you know <laughs> grin and bear it. Like that doesn't seem to be the message of the gospel. Well no, know? and that's why that's why he says we do this so that we might have hope. Like, that's the key here. You know, don't grieve like those with no hope. Right. That's right. not the Christian way. Right. Um, grieve with uh, the promise of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. With that light of the end, because we have all of these wonderful characteristics. We know who the king is. We know who's coming. But this is a time of darkness. I mean, to be quite blunt and quite honest, mm-hmm. Advent is a time of darkness. Right. Uh, it is hard. And we want to give up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We want to stop. We want to be like the Pharisees in the gospel. But And sometimes we have to have that kick in the butt by John the Baptist and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. No, that's good. That's good. Like, yeah. stop. Yeah. You know? You know, I, one of the things that I mentioned in my homily yesterday, which is coming back to me still, is thinking about Jesus as the new Noah. One thing I really like about that image is that, and I said this in my homily yesterday, is that Jesus, that Noah doesn't just make the ark. Noah gets in the ark and pilots the ark. So yeah. if Jesus is the new Noah, and if Jesus builds the church, builds the ark, the new church, the the, the new boat of God, um, and we're in that boat with him, then, you know, yeah, we can endure, but we have all the confidence to know that this is being piloted by Jesus. You know, so like, yeah. it's like if you tell me to be encouraged and have hope, it's like, well, looking to Jesus... I can't have hope because not just in the future will he bring me rest, but he can bring me rest today because I can rest easy yeah. in the midst of a storm because I know that Jesus, you know, is piloting the ship, you know? Um, yeah. And, you know, again, looking at the season, um, I think it may be, I mean, it's no, um, I don't think it's a coincidence that we've got these kind of, Apocalypse, more apocalyptic readings right up front. And then next week is Rejoice. The color gets lighter. Mm-hmm, we move yeah. from purple to pink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we do have that bit of uh, respite where we can say, okay, let me take a breath. This is getting a little overwhelming. <laughs> um, let's remember what this is all about. Right, right. Yeah, I find the season to be so fascinating because we just are constantly being reminded of the end times, the darkness, you know, the grind, needing to endure, the race, repenting. But then we're also when we get the closer we get to Christmas, the things get lighter and the things become, you know, because Jesus is light. The point, the point is there that none of this is possible right. without the light of Christ. You know, right? And that's good. Um, I think if I were to anchor my homily on something, I like what you said with endurance, but I think I would try, I would try to anchor it still on the image of asking my congregation, who is Jesus to me? You know, that's, that's like the central question of the entire gospel is like, who do the people say that I am? And I really like that question for Advent because I think it's a good invitation for all of us to be asking repeatedly, who is this Jesus that will be born for me? 
Um, yeah. You know, and I think the church is constantly giving us new images to be thinking about. We can think about David. We can think about Noah. Um, but being John the Baptist, to point to him always as the one who comes to redeem, like that's huge. Um, yeah. Yep. I completely agree. Um, there's this really great quote from the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> uh, Elrond tells Gimli, let him not vow to walk in the dark who has not seen the nightfall. Mm. And I think we've got we've to have that tension of, because we're living in this world. Right. Which is full of darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we can't really hope in the dawn if we don't acknowledge the night. True. And also, I mean, maybe just anecdotally, it's like, I trust people to give me advice who have been through darkness themselves. You know, like, I, yeah. I have a harder time hearing advice from people who, like, oh, I mean, what have you, I mean, that sounds really condescending. But, like, there's just something about, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think, yeah, no, absolutely. kind of to your point, is that there's something about wisdom and experience that really makes a difference in, you know, in, in trusting and enduring and following someone. You know, that's kind of the whole point, is that Jesus be be as Jesus was in the Gospels, you know, as St. Paul says. Mm -hmm. Cool, man. Any parting thoughts? Uh, no, that thing from The Lord of the Rings was kind of it. Cool, man. My parting thought. All right, dude. Until next time. Already. All right, dude. Peace. See you later.